Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 270. That success in anything comes from persistence and passion and just really hard work. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tom Hale. Tom, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am, Mark. I've uh, put my brushes aside, and I'm I'm ready. <laughs> very cool. I love it. Tom Hale spent two years at General Motors, another at Chrysler, and 17 years at American Motors as a styling designer. Then he set out to pursue his passion in art, and today... He sold over 3,000 original paintings to clients all over the world. He's received numerous awards, including the Gold Medal of Honor from the American Watercolor Society. He's produced 59 commissioned event posters, and his work can be found at the most prestigious Concours events and galleries around the world. He's a member of the Automotive Fine Arts Society and the American Watercolor Society. Tom, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Uh, yes, Mark. I kind of started noticing cars like many young boys around six, seven years old. I was immediately intrigued with them and, for some reason, started drawing them, again, like many young boys. I moved on to boats and houses, but always kept coming back to uh, cars. Mm-hmm. And eventually, that's, that's all I started doing was, was just drawing cars. Uh, my dad was a Chrysler rep, and I would travel with him to dealerships. And while he was doing business with the owner, I would sit in the showroom and study the interiors of the cars and wonder why certain things were designed in the manner that they were. And little did I know that this was really the beginning of, of what was going to be my design career. Oh, yeah. I was so fascinated with, with cars, and I you know, I kind of wanted to to influence or input or design or whatever. So I proceeded to continue to draw and I had a little private room in our house that allowed me to do this and which became my first studio. <laughs> my interest and passion for cars, it just kept growing and actually at the expense of my high school studies, <laughs> I was spending too much time thinking about cars and drawing cars. <laughs> yes. So Upon graduation from high school, I joined the Navy and and, uh, spent two years aboard a destroyer in the Atlantic. Unfortunately, I had an office on the ship that allowed me to, at the end of the workday, close the doors and concentrate on my drawing. And this is where I developed my first portfolio to send to the Art Center School in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. I had read about Art Center, and it it was, at that time, the place to go if you wanted to be a, a styling designer. Mm-hmm. So I sent the portfolio off, uh, and incidentally, they were they were colored pencils on the back of Manila envelope or Manila folders. <laughs> Great technique. Yeah, well, very innovative. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know any better at the time. You know, I, I really knew nothing about art at that time. And yeah, but um, sent off the portfolio to Art Center, and then three weeks later, I got a, a letter from Art Center, and I was afraid to open it because yeah. I'm on the ship and. You know, this is going to be my future. Sure. So I did open it, and it started out by saying, we are sorry to inform you Uh that you show no potential, 
know nothing about color and very little about drawing. Oh, my gosh. I was absolutely devastated. Wow. And it was like, you know, this is a big moment of my life, and, yeah. and suddenly I had failed. And they said if I wanted to reapply, I could in six months, and I should concentrate on going outdoors and drawing things outdoors and forget color. They could teach me that. Mm-hmm. So I was just devastated, but I don't know, like many moments in life, I, I kind of felt like this was a test mm-hmm. and that uh, I was so determined that I did reapply and was accepted on probation because of my high school record. So subsequently, I was honorably, honorably discharged from the Navy and proceeded to work a couple jobs to get enough money to attend our center as it was quite expensive. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I met my late wife, Mickey, in Lansing, Michigan. We were engaged in 1962. But I needed to go to art center. I needed to go to California and art center to see if I could actually survive as a designer in that school before I wanted to commit to getting married mm-hmm. because being a designer was so important to me that I needed to find out if I could do that. Yeah. So I did go to uh, California and started Art Center in 1963 and did realize that I could compete even though I was shocked at the level of work that was being done. I'd, I'd never seen anybody draw cars like like what I saw when I first went to Art Center. Sure. So I wrote Mickey's dad in April of 63 and asked to marry her. She traveled across the country in a train bringing as many of her house, household goods as possible. <laughs> and that was important because neither one of us had any money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> we both worked really hard in Los Angeles. Uh, we were out there for almost four years. I stayed up two nights every week doing my assignments. And in 1966, June of 66, I graduated with honors from Art Center. Awesome. Had offers from Ford, Chrysler, and GM. And the late uh, Chuck Jordan from General Motors offered me a job at GM Styling. Cool. And so for the next 19 years, I, I spent as a styling designer at GM Chrysler and American Motors. The dream came true. What a wonderful yes. story. I love that in so many ways. But the one thing that stood out to me here is tenacity. You know, a lot of people would have gotten that rejection letter and just watered it up and thrown it away and said, ah, I guess this isn't for me. I'll be a sailor my whole life or something else. But <laughs> uh, but the fact that you took that as a test and a challenge, I think, is true entrepreneurial spirit comes through to go, you know what, there's a way to do this. I'm just going to stay at it. So. Fantastic story. I love that. As we continue on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Tom, take the wheel. Well, I'm just a very strong believer that that success in anything comes from persistence and passion and just really hard work. There are some people I, I sense that are destined for a particular skill, but they still must work really hard at it to make it happen. Mm -hmm. My art is what I do every day. I work at it every day, and I use the term work, but I don't really think of it as work because I love the process of painting so much. I actually enjoy painting today more than I ever have. Mm. 
just the process itself, you know, to, to start out with a clean canvas and to create something is still, it's still really exciting to me. Sure. Well, your style is so wonderful. I've seen your work at many of the art displays there on the lawn at Pebble Beach, and I've seen your work on posters, and it has a, a very unique look and feel, very fluid but the colors are magnificent. So it, it, I can tell you worked very hard throughout your life to get to this point to where you are. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show because it's it's really, truly wonderful. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You talked about starting back in the day when you were a little boy and then tra- I think it was so fabulous. You got to travel with your dad and see these new cars on the showroom floor. But was there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew, you know what, I'm going to be a car guy? Well, my journey really has been a long and steady process and and I tried to think of some pivotal moment and I I don't really have one. It seems like I have just simply been aware and been fascinated with automobiles for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. What has really enhanced my life is that my passion for designing and creating art now involving cars, it's introduced me to an amazing group of unique people in the world. Mm-hmm. I think when you're an artist, it, it's such a private activity. Uh, you work in the studio all by yourself, and uh, the world of art has taken me out of the studio after I complete paintings. I go to a show like Pebble Beach or whatever, and it's kind of become people. I'm amazed at the people I've met from all walks of life, and many of them become close friends. And so that, in terms of my journey, it's kind of come around to that. I. I love the painting more than I ever have, and the people part of it has become equally important. I hear that from so many guests, and I write a weekly blog here at Cars, yeah, and one of my blogs several months ago was about that very thing, is that the coming together of people in the car hobby, uh, racing, automotive car collecting is what it, really what it's all about. And when you get two car people in a room, it doesn't matter what backgrounds they have, their religions, their political beliefs, whatever it is, they just form an instant bond. So I understand what you're saying. What I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a challenge or a failure that you face in your career. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that particular situation and what did you learn from it that you can share with our listeners? Well, I think being told by by the Art Center School that I showed no potential was for me a, a really great challenge because it just it shook me up so much. Yes, uh, it was like, well, am I am I ever going to do this, or am I going to stay in the navy, or whatever? So that that was probably one of the biggest challenges in my life, uh, making a decision to stay in the navy, and I they tried to encourage me to stay in. I had to sign up for another seven years. Well, at that point, I would have had nine to ten years. You know, I'd be halfway to retirement. Mm-hmm. So it was tempting. Yeah. But, but I, it, in order to do that, I had to put my dream of being a styling designer uh, on hold. Right. Another challenge for me was when I won the gold medal honor from the American Watercolor Society. Mm. It was such a challenge because you were allowed to enter one entry per year, and they had upwards of three thousand people art, artists entering one painting per year. Out of that, they accepted about 100 of them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the odds were really slim. And so for six years, I was rejected. Every year, I would um, 
pay my money and fill out the entry form and send in a new painting. And finally, on the seventh year, I was accepted. And uh, a couple of weeks after that, they informed me that I'd won the gold medal. Wow. And this would have been 1980. Mm-hmm. And what was so meaningful to my late wife, Mickey, and I was the fact that in 113 years of exhibitions at American Watercolor, no automotive work of art had ever won the gold medal. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> and, and that's still the case today. Wow. And it's the only automotive piece that's ever won a gold medal. And it was a painting, a close-up of the detail of a Duesenberg. It was titled Chrome. And, you know, galleries and museums frown a little bit upon automotive art in some cases because uh, I think of the auto industry and the catalogs and the commercialization of of all of it. Mm -hmm. And so I felt especially honored because here was an automotive piece competing against all the so-called fine art, and it won the top award. Yes. Wow. Well, congratulations. It's absolutely magnificent. I can't imagine. But I see a trend here in you, Tom, tenacity perseverance. You don't give up. (laughs) So it's a great lesson for those listeners out there, those entrepreneurs, those wantrepreneurs, those wannabe artists or designers, whatever it is, do not give up. Just keep pursuing your dream. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments when the headlights came on and illuminated your way for a new idea or a new direction that you had and Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success. Well, for me, I I think that moment was the starting of a second career that at the time I was totally unaware of. Here I was, a styling designer with 19 years at, you know, three major companies. And I was at AMC at the time, American Motors, and I had a lot of creative energy and it wasn't really being taken advantage of. It wasn't being used, and I was really frustrated about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this energy, and you want to use it, but um, it was kind of like they didn't care that much. Hmm. So I started on my lunch hours. I started painting, of all things, old barns and broken-down houses and landscapes just to relieve the frustration, mm-hmm. not realizing that, in essence, I was really starting a second career. <laughs> So the lunch hours carried over into the evenings and weekends. And then one day, uh, Mickey called me and at work to let me know that someone had purchased at a gallery one of my paintings for $100. Wow, cool. And I thought, $100? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was like in the middle 70s. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed that somebody would do that. And so uh, Mickey and I started doing some shows and taking as much time off as I could and weekends and everything. And proceeded to enjoy what we were doing with the world of art so much that the frustration still remains so that in 1985, I left American Motors. Uh, I was 45 at the time. It seemed like if I was going to stay at American Motors, I had 17 years in. Mm-hmm. I better make a decision about now. Yeah. So just um, left and walked away and pursued a career as a full-time artist. Very cool. <laughs> what a wonderful story. You talked about winning that award from the Watercolor Association, but is there a proudest moment in your career that really stands out for you that's different than that one? I think um, the fact that it it gave me, the the gold medal gave me credibility as an artist because I was competing against many so-called fine artists. Mm -hmm. It recognized me as a serious um, automotive painter. But I think 
in a broader sense, being successful as a full-time artist for the past 30 years and relying solely on my art for living has really been rewarding. Yes. Um, I would say that, that that's the part that, that really excites me. I mean, for 30 years, that's what I've done. I, you know, I'd, <laughs> I create, I, you know, I create a painting in my studio on my terms. I take it to a show, and if somebody likes it, they purchase it. If they don't, that, that's fine too. But that's been my living for 30 years, and, and I just find it extremely rewarding. Well, absolutely. And making a living being a painter of anything is a huge challenge. But to niche down to the automotive field and be successful, even more uh, <laughs> wonderful. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special vehicle? And if you could share a memory that you had with that car. My first vehicle was a 1950 Army colored green Plymouth. <laughs> I, I know we have all seen that that car. Many many people I've talked to have owned one of those uh-huh. at one time in their life. It was the first car. I loved it. I cared for it. And uh, had a feeling like it was built like a tank. Yeah. So, yeah, that... That was my very first car. The first one. There you go. Is there a vehicle that you've owned that you let go that you really wish you could have back? Yes. Um, Over the years, I've had maybe about 18 cars, and I've enjoyed uh, pretty much all of them. Two of them that I regret selling are a 1968 Dodge Charger. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which I had bought new, and I was in British Racing Green. that, That car today is just still gorgeous. Yes. And I also had a 1970 AMX. Oh. <laughs> uh, that, that I regretted selling that. Uh-huh. They're both still great-looking cars and, and still desirable. Mm, but, yeah. uh, you know, purchasing the house and later a boat and everything required me selling those at, yes. the, at that time, not realizing how much I liked them. Yeah, life does that to us, that's for sure. How about a vehicle that you purchased and shortly thereafter said to yourself, what on earth was I thinking? You know, in all in all honesty, I, I did have a '54 Plymouth, which was kind of an odd, odd car. Uh, Chrysler has always been important to me, again because my uh, I grew up with my dad being a Chrysler rep. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't know that I've ever been too distraught over anything I've ever purchased. Um, currently, I have a 2005 Jaguar XK8 Coupe. Nice. That that I think is just absolutely one of the most gorgeous cars in the world. It's so pure. It's so sculptural. Yes. So I, I love that. It's, it's 10 years old. It's never been in the rain. Oh, Most wow. In Michigan, we, we get a lot of rain. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, I love it. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. I believe that's the picture that we'll put on your show notes page uh, that you sent me, right? Yeah, it might, might be, yeah. Your baby. Yeah, there we go. All right. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now in your studio that really has you excited and fired up? Yes. I'm. Um, this time of year, I'm usually in the midst of uh, creating new paintings for Pebble Beach for the AFAS uh, show out there during yes. the Concours. Yeah. And um, the competition is, I, I, I believe you've been to the show. Many times, yes. The competition, as you well know, is great. I mean, there are just some fabulous automotive artists that show up there each year. So yes, it's quite a challenge to come up with new paintings and particularly exciting paintings and really good paintings. We're required to have three new pieces that have never been shown anywhere. 
But I, I like the challenge to go beyond that, so I'm going to have eight brand new pieces this year. Oh my gosh! That are um, they're all 24 by 36 canvases. Uh, so I'll have eight brand new original paintings, and uh, I'm excited about them. I um, I'm surprised that I kind of like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if fairly equally well, that isn't always the case. You know, you have some that are are really strong and others not so, but. Mm-hmm. These are all, they're all different, and um, I'm really excited about them. I'm anxious to hang them up on my display and see what the reaction is. Well, I can't wait to see what those eight pieces are. That's going to be really great. I've had several guests who are at that show every year, a couple of them, Dennis Hoyt and Nicola Wood, uh, Harold Cleworth, um, Tom Fritz. So uh, I'm really excited. I love to see what all the artists are going to bring new and fresh every year to that show. Now, here's a really introspective question for you, Tom. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Well, uh, let me just preface that with the fact that I grew up in the 50s and, you know, was surrounded by all the the fins and the chrome. Yeah, the the heavy metal. And I love those cars. Um, However, my favorite, if I wanted to be a car, would be a Duesenberg. Ooh. Um, I, I do many paintings of Duesenbergs. Yes. You know, everybody has their favorite car, but a lot of people agree that the Duesenberg was maybe the greatest automobile ever built. And and so for me, it simply is the finest. It, I see so much in a Duesenberg. I see so much uh, passion and love and care in, in the designing and the building of those cars that for me, it's the ultimate car. Yes. Oh, they're beautiful. They're just beautiful. And I love the way you represent them in your art it's really magnificent uh, it takes them to a whole nother place if i can just uh, elaborate just slightly on of that. of course yes i don't like to make pictures of cars so much with my background as a designer I, I understand surfaces and so i try to use the surface of a car in the chrome and all of that as almost like a palette to create a, you know fantastic movement and colors and compositions and so I'm using the car that way. And that's why something like a Duesenberg offers so much potential yes. to do um, uh, an amazing things with color and composition. And for me, that's that's what the car paintings are for me. I, I try not to do, again, a picture of a car, uh, but I use it to explore all these things that fascinate me. Well, you do it very well. Tom, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to one of our Cars Yeah sponsors. No more worries about a dead battery. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium-ion technology that'll start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle every time. Includes a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight, and it easily recharges with USB outlets so you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality, design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at Genius Chargers Okay, Tom, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Okay. 
What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? I'm going to twist that around a little bit, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, Art Center telling me I showed no potential. Oh, okay. And, and why that was such great information for me is it, it became probably one of my greatest challenges in my life. Yes. Wow. Fantastic. If that, if that makes sense. It does make sense. You know, it was a pretty harsh delivery on their part, but uh, maybe they knew what they were doing. <laughs> it obviously yeah, worked yeah, for it, you. It, it was a you know pivotal moment in my life, and it really changed my life. So, for me, that was um, that was a great moment when they when they wrote that letter and told me that. There you go. Wonderful. Will you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Well, I you know I think it's my work ethic, and I I don't really think of myself as working that hard, but I work every day. I mean, I, I, this is not a hobby. I work every day. I'm passionate, I'm creative, and I'm optimistic about what I'm doing. And so I think it's that work ethic. And, you know, I, I've i always looked at, like, Michael Jordan, the uh, basketball player. Yeah. And, I mean, when you think of how in the incredible amount of time that guy must have spent shooting hoops. Yes. And ultimately he became who we all know you know, fabulous basketball player. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just a very strong believer in a work ethic that you're willing to do it every day and you've got to do it very passionately and you got to be optimistic about it. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, there's a, that great saying by Henry Ford that if you're passionate and love what you do, you won't work a day in your life. <laughs> That, that that sums it up. That really does sum it up. And there's also a great book out there that talks about 10,000 hours of practice to become an expert or professional or very good at something you're doing. And it references Michael Jordan as an example of that oh. because oh, okay. you know, he was rejected many times. In fact, I think the first basketball team he went out for, they said, you're not good enough, kid. Go home. <laughs> so, uh, you know, right. it's, yeah, they said that to you, too. And look where you ended up. So a yeah. lot of tenacity practice for sure. Do you have a resource that you could share with our Car Show listeners you think they would enjoy? Well, I, I, I'm not sure if this is what you want. But um, when when I think of resource, I, I'm thinking I buy all purchase all my art supplies. Yeah, that's is good. That, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. From from a company called Jerry's Artorama in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a mail order. And uh, all my art that you see is pretty much from the supplies I purchased from, from Jerry's. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> would you share a book with our listeners you think they would really enjoy reading? Okay. Um, I must admit that um, my preference is to always paint. Mm -hmm. So I don't do a lot, an awful lot of reading. A book that I have always enjoyed is Automobile Quarterly. Oh, yes. And it's so appropriate to the hobby, and uh, I'm really disappointed that it simply no longer exists. Oh, I know. It's it's a tragic. <laughs> yeah. I wish, yeah. I, I hope somebody can come in there and do something with that, because I've been a subscriber forever, and <laughs> Me too. I love their books, and the way they present everything is fantastic. So you can still find those out there on eBay and bookstores and things. And oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I hope they come back someday. Great resource. Well, you can find links to all these resources that Tom has shared with us at carsyad.com slash Tom Hale. Tom's last name is H-A-L-E. Just put Tom in the search bar, and his show notes page will pop right up. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy since we were talking about Duesenbergs. 
if you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because I'll buy you whatever you'd like. What a great guy that I am. What would that one vehicle be and why? Well, obviously, again, it's going to be a Duesenberg. I never tire of seeing one, walking around it, viewing it, and I'm just always amazed at at what is existing in front of me, and I, I do consider it one of man's really great achievements. Is there a particular um, model that you really love? You know, the, there's, what, 370 of them in existence, and, I mean, every one is, is unique to some degree, but... No, I've painted, I like the 20 grand, obviously, and I like a couple of the speedsters, mm-hmm. but I like Duesenberg. <laughs> Any Duesenberg will do. Yeah, yeah with, with the exception of the throne car, I'm not so sure about that one. Have you seen that one? It's different, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's a little awkward, but, but basically all Duesenbergs look good to me. One regret I have is that years ago, maybe 20-some years ago, I had a plan that I was going to do a painting, a, a serious painting of every existing Duesenberg. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, you know, roughly 370 major paintings. Yes. And I thought, I kind of calculated at the time, I thought, is there enough time in my life to do that? <laughs> and it was pretty it was pretty tight <laughs> yeah. for the time it takes me to do a major painting. Uh-huh. But then I was going to do a book on that, and I thought, what an incredible um, project that would be. Well... Obviously, I didn't do it, and I kind of have a little bit of regret that I didn't take that on. Mm-hmm. Wow, that would be a tremendous feat. Um, not only all those paintings, but then putting them all together in a book. But, uh, well, there's a challenge for somebody out there. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Tom, you have taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed talking with you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you down at Pebble Beach this summer. And I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey with the listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your Duesenberg? (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Well, my advice is really quite simple. Um, You know, each of us have dreams and challenges in life. and, um, And so often we're tested in that pursuit. Keeping our dreams and persisting in pursuing them is so important regardless of what others may say or what obstacles may get in your way. I'm a believer that you believe in what you're dreaming. You have confidence in your dreams. And kind of as Nike once said, just do it. Yes, yes, just do it. Just put something out there no matter what. Just put it out there. I've heard that from many artists who've been on this show. If I can add one other thought. Over the years I've done four to five hundred different shows, a lot of art shows that had nothing to do with automobiles. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parents would come to me and their kid would have an interest in art. And they would say, well, they can't really earn their living doing that, can they? You know, the parents were not that optimistic. Right. And and I always thought that here, here you have a kid like myself that had a dream, and it's so easy to discourage those kids. Yes. That always bothered me. And I, and I tried to encourage the parents to, you know, take their kid to a, a great art school and get them to see what other young people their age we're doing at school. Yes. You know, and yes. Expand their horizon. Absolutely. Great advice. And, you know, it's really a tragedy. The arts, music, art, painting, even auto shop has been cut out of so many school curriculums. And it's really taken away, I think, from our culture and society so many opportunities for kids, children, young adults to do things that they're really passionate about. And that's what Cars Jazz is all about. 
is you are an example, Tom, of somebody who took your passion, created a vocation around it, all the way back to your design school days, to automotive styling, and of course painting, and uh, it can happen. It can happen. Just follow Tom's advice. Just do it. <laughs> all right. Listeners, you can find links to everything we've shared today at carsyad.com slash Tom Hale. Just put Tom in the search box and his show notes page and links will pop right up. Tom, thanks for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much, Mark. I very much enjoyed it. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.